Welcome to episode six of Smash or Pass podcast, part of the Smash Accept network of podcasts. Super excited to talk tonight. It is startup season. We just got the the combine down. I know in the Patreon we're updating rankings and doing things back and forth. And right now in startup seasons, the biggest question is: Do I take the player or do I take the rookie? You know, and most drafts they either have you know said rookie player or rookie pick. Tonight we're going to really focus in on those rookie picks. But I want to talk really about. When I get to that spot, do I want the 102 or do I want this player? Do I want the 105 or this player? We're going to help you navigate your startup drafts, and nobody better than do that than my man, at Fantasy Nerd Boy. I think he's done like 52 of them already this this offseason. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Yeah, not quite up to, up to 52, but um, is it is definitely a great time to do startups because the value you're getting right now is incredible. And, you know, you can look back at this time. When you're doing startups and just say, I got him there and I got him there. And um, you can definitely get some, you also make some big mistakes at this time of the year too, you know, um, where you looking back and you're like, oh man, I can't believe I took him in the third round, but um, I'm excited to start the show today. And, and it's been a crazy day in the NFL. I see the NFL is trying to do like NBA, um, you know, off season where they're just trying to make all these big splashes and big moves. And um, I think they're, they're really doing a good job as far as, you know, when they're when they're making these things happen as far as Danny Dimes and Lamar popping off on the same day. And, but um, yeah, I'm excited to get this going. That is perfect. And you're right. I mean, we're here to mitigate some of those risks. We're also here to pick out some of those guys where, you know, last year at this time when we did smash or pat or smash, except three, I believe I was getting Jalen hurts in that mid second, late second. And yeah, like we're able to pick, pick out some of these guys that are going to be ascending too. Um, Mung, we talked about it already. Smash nine is going to be coming up. I'm trying to pull your, your pull your leg a little bit because I say you're kind of getting into that startup area as well, you, you know, itching for another one. How you doing tonight? Good, yeah. I'm. Uh, I think I am in for one startup this off season. So perhaps it will be Smash Nine. Uh, I'm definitely open to that. But yeah, it's peak uh, startup season, right? This is the time when everyone wants a share of those hot incoming rookies, even if they traded away their 2023 firsts. Uh, in their current dynasty leagues, right? And this is the time when everyone is missing football and craving more NFL action. And, you know, the XFL starting back up soon, but it's just not quite the same. Um, nothing, nothing really comes close to true NFL football games. And it's important to remember, too, during this important time that as free agency gets started, as we start hearing some of these deals or potential trades, you know, Derek Carr signing with the Saints, um, Geno Smith re-signing with Seattle, right? These are all reasons why it's okay to take your time when you're on the clock in a dynasty startup because you get that eight hours or four hours or however long for a reason. And yeah, you don't want to just sit on the clock for no reason at all. But when there is a lot going on, it's okay to take your time. Remember that. Yeah, I mean, Carr and Geno Smith went back to back, you know, a couple picks before me where guys were savvy enough to sit there a little bit and, and try to, you know, navigate that. 
Uh, Nerd Boy, the biggest thing, how do you look at rookie picks? Because I know everybody does it a little bit different. You know, it's like a lot of people... Just talk to me through that process of like what you're looking at. You know, how are you getting these rookie picks when they're in draft? Because we all want those rookies, but I mean, how aggressive should we be and how do you place value on them as we're going throughout? Yeah, I think it comes with some practice. And I think that's why I I try to harp on if you're not going to get into a lot of startups, try to do some mocks, you know, get some friends together. And um, we do a lot of mock drafts, um, you know, with, with certain groups of people where we're just figuring out where these rookies go. And that's what we did before we actually started up um, most of the leagues. So, you know, competing, just going in and, and seeing where these rookies go, um, where everyone is valuing them um, is really how I get my value, you know, and how I decide when I'm going to take rookie picks for the most part. Absolutely um, perfect. And that's and then, what we're doing tonight is that, that you know, you and V Pizzle were putting together a, a spreadsheet of where guys are going. So we're not just arbitrarily throwing out numbers of this player's going here and there. We're kind of giving you that ADP that we you guys have been, you know, putting together and trying to look at where these rookie picks are going and slotting them in. Because I think to me, that that's where it's all about is you're trying to find out those areas you want to get in the draft. You want to try to find those weaknesses, you know, and those strengths and, and move around. We've been talking a lot about the 101, you know, and that's frankly been going in that first round consistently. The latest I've seen nerd boys go at 201. The earliest we've seen is like 106. Almost always it's 19, 110 after we get, you know, the six big quarterbacks and then Jefferson and Chase. And that's pretty much where he goes. But the part that everybody keeps asking is they're like, Dad, what do I do? When do I take the 102? And, and Nerdboy, I'm going to start with you. Is like, there's this tricky spot here, right? Right after AJ Brown, we're looking at Dak, Deshaun Watson, and the 102 all kind of go in that same area. And if you're in a startup, this is where it gets difficult because people are like, who do I take? You know, am I going to smash the 102 or am I going to smash the veterans and try to figure out how to formulate my plan there? Because I think it's, I think it's big to try to determine what kind of you know, direction you want to go. A lot of times we don't do that until maybe the third, fourth round exactly. But right now, are you smashing the 102 or are you taking these two veterans? Yeah, I think that's depending on where you're going to go with your roster. You know, you might have to make that decision pretty early on where I think Watson is going to, you know, boost in value um, way above the 102. And I think Dak is exactly going to stay at the 102. And I think that's where you can decide I will go 102 if I'm going to slow build and, and kind of take my time with the roster and, and maybe compete for next year. Um, but I think I would take Dak over the 102 if I was going full compete. Um, so those two are pretty close for me, but I would definitely Watson way above the 102 personally. And I've been seeing Watson start to creep up. You know, we've been doing these drafts since the Super Bowl ended and Dak pretty much doesn't change. He's in that like 204 to 208 range nonstop. Like that's just where he goes and it's good value. It is what it is. You know what you're getting. Deshaun Watson, I see slowly starting to creep up and in smash eight, he went at 112 and he's, he's working his way up there. And we, we kind of saw the writing on the wall with that among the next set. Once we get past these big quarterbacks. So we know in the first round, there's about 10 quarterbacks go. I mean, it is at least eight, some drafts it's 10, depending on where Kyler and Deshaun Watson go. Then we get to 103. So, you know, with the combine, that whole tier of 102, 103, 104 might have changed quite a bit for with, with Anthony Richardson potentially jumping into there. But right now, I want you to go smash or pass. Are you taking the 103, Brees Hall, or Jalen Waddle? So, again, a lot, of, a lot of pieces that can go in there. But if you're starting your team right now, what is that piece you want out of those three? 
Yeah, so from an abstract standpoint, I will say that in general, this time of year, I will lean the rookie pick because I think they will continue to increase in value, you know, leading up to the NFL draft and the rookie drafts. But if I had to, you know, if I were, say, on the clock and I could not trade down for profits, I, I would probably take Brees Hall over the 102 right now. Um, but it's very close. And that I would I would take that tier of quarterbacks over Jalen Waddle in Superflex formats. Well, I'm glad you said that because we, we, we want to talk about trading down. And I've been getting so many questions about startups. And, and Mike, I'm looking at like once you get to after the 102, I almost have that whole area almost up until where you get Garrett Wilson in the early third. You know, you're getting Waddle, Brees Hall, McCaffrey, Amon Ross St. Brown, Wilson, it, Kenneth Walker even. It's like a big tier. And, like, you could definitely exploit things if you're willing to move from, like, 206 to 304 and try to move somewhere else. And you're going to be in that same tier. And I don't think people have quite formulated those tiers yet. They see a 204, a 205, you know, a Jalen Waddle, and, and they're able to move back into an area, with, get an Amon Ross St. Brown, a Garrett Wilson, maybe even that 104, Kenneth Walker area. Talk to me a little bit how about you navigate these early rounds because we're going to do another podcast after this really talking deep strategy. But I find this... Rounds two through four, guys, is where you can really make or break your team, right? Like you can reach way too far and crush your team, or you can start to move back and accumulate value. But this is really where you separate the men from the boys. Like right in this area is how you set up the rest of your draft. Yeah, so you can – tiers are huge in startups. You know, if you see a player that you really have your eye on, you're you're ready to take them, um, but then you look about five or six – um, spots backwards and you see a player that can match that value um, as far as production goes they can can give you the same amount of production per year mm-hmm. um, around the same age so that's I look at and I say okay I could grab you know Brees right now which you know I that's great for my team but I could just wait I could grab a Wilson or a Monra um, right at the end right there and I can I can probably tear up for you know easily with that with the second round there you're looking at some good value you know you could you could jump you your fifth to third at that point sometimes when people really have their eyes set on someone like you know breeze or um kenneth walker or somebody like that so and round three or four just it's a hotbed of guys with with drake london and devonta smith and just so many absolute stud wide receivers so if you can you know move back from mid second to early third and move your fifth up to a, a up to a third that's an absolute smash except the the guys in, and I've been putting out there every position I'm putting out my rankings and then I'm putting where the rookie picks are involved in those and you'd be surprised like every single one of the guys in this group in smash 8 they're like they, they've moved up to get ahead of me and snipe in those areas because it's just out there. And, and I, I encourage you guys to check that out. Among, I'm going to come back to you again, and then we're going to go back to Nerd Boy. We're looking at a spot right now where, you know, the early third round, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown goes, Garrett Wilson, they're almost, they're starting to move themselves into that late second above that early third. But then we get to 104. So we're going to talk Garrett Wilson, 104. Kenneth Walker and Kyle Pitts. So you're on the clock right now. Is that 104 worth that to you? I mean, let's let's start breaking these guys down. Yeah, I think it's about right because just over the weekend, I think the 104 gained a lot of value with how well Anthony Richardson tested. And I think mm-hmm. come rookie draft time, assuming that we have three, maybe even four quarterbacks in the top 10 overall picks, I mean, we could see Levis 
Richardson, Young, and Stroud would be the clear, you know, 1B tier from 102 to 105. So I do think that these guys are going to carry a lot of value as we head into rookie draft season in super flex formats. And overall, I mean, in general, I always want to lean the quarterback value in super flex. Mm -hmm. And especially because even when rookie quarterbacks don't produce or struggle, I mean, we saw last year, even heading into 2022, you know, Trevor Lawrence had a terrible rookie season with Urban Meyer. Um, Trey Lance didn't really play in 2021, but heading into last season, both of those both of those guys maintained or even increased in value over the offseason after their rookie years, even after disappointing. So these young quarterbacks not only will have a lot of value, but they will hold value for at least a year or two. That's And that's great because I keep seeing everybody on Twitter, Mung, is saying the 104 has raised value. Well, guess what? That means the 105 has and the 106. So if you had the 106 and you felt like you were on the outside looking in, you weren't going to get Gibbs, you weren't going to get JSN, that 106 just got sexier. Like it, it literally just moved into a spot where, and maybe even the 107. Right now the 107, people are like, ah, you know, we start to break off. What about those leagues where a guy needs a quarterback? I mean, I saw guys reaching last year for Kenny Pickett. Maybe they reach for Will Levis and put him there, move JSN all the way back to 107. I mean, I would literally lose it if I had that opportunity. But nerd boy, let's look at the other side. Cause this is where this is a part where that two, three turn, man, if you aren't playing three round reversal and you get Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen and you can double tap here in this area of the draft, like you are absolutely set up. So if you guys have Kentucky Derby, I love taking those top three picks. You know, if it isn't three round reversal, talk to me a little bit, you know, we got Garrett Wilson, we got Kenneth Walker, we got that one Oh four. Are you on the same boat as Mung? Or are you making a move with one of these other guys? And it's, and there's no wrong answer here. Like I love what Mung said. Cause when you take the one Oh four, you don't have to take Richardson, right? Let's say Richardson goes to an area you don't like, but Gibbs goes to KC and JSN goes to the chargers. And now all of a sudden you're like, all right, let's start reformulate Four, you still have options. You can make moves on draft day. You can kind of move around. Mm-hmm. But guys like Garrett Wilson and Kenneth Walker and Kyle Pitts are like, you can't go wrong with them as well. Yeah, I think I would still take Garrett Wilson and Amon Ra over the 104. But I, I to Mung's point, um, you know, those those picks are still um, in value and they and they will for, you know, up until your rookie draft at this point. Um, but it hasn't quite moved to the point where, um, I'm going to take that pick over Garrett Wilson or Amon Ra. Garrett right Wilson, now. we've been we've been leading the charge on that thing. And, like, man, people traded up in Smash 8 to go get him at 2-9 because they knew I was going to take him, which is like, ah, come on. Like, I was super pumped there. I got, you know, Fields and Chase in the first round, and I'm like, all right, cool. Now I'm going to be able to get Garrett Wilson at 301. The guy moved up to 209 and took him in that area. But it's like, you got to know your league mates. You got to look at things. I, I could, You can't go wrong there. I personally love Garrett Wilson. But I think if you take the 104, you have that fluidity to to make that decision if you want a quarterback. And we know that the quarterback position starts to, starts to dry out pretty quickly. But then we get a little bit of a lull. And I think this is going to change, Mike, is the 105 right now has been going in that end of the third. You know, I think that's slowly going to move back. You know, you look at Kenneth Walker, Kyle Pitts, Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, Andrews, T. Higgins, Saquon, Drake London, then the 105. And I think I can see that start to gradually inch up here. Right now, would you be interested in, would you be taking London, Barkley, or the 105? And I I know that gets tricky. Again, it's a a matter of build, but we're looking at that 
difficult situation when you get to the end of the third. And I see London and Alave start to really gradually creep up here as well. And it, it becomes a situation here where it's like you can't really go wrong, but which way would you be going? I would go London for that. Um, it is tough, though, because you're, you're trying to figure out your build at this point mm-hmm. in time. Um, but you're also trying to grab the value um, that you see is going to increase over time as well. Um, right. I think London fits that that bill for both, where he's going to rise um, with the 105. You don't know. I would take JSN over London, but I wouldn't take Gibbs over London, if that makes sense. So that's there's no sure thing there um, where London is that sure thing, and I, I would definitely go with him. But um, I would probably take the 105 over Barkley at this point too. So yeah, and I took I took London at the 308, you know, and that because the 104 and 105 were already gone in that draft, and every draft is going to be a little bit different. Um, I think London, and like to your point, you know, is 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 T Higgins going to increase in value anymore? No. Is Saquon Barkley going to increase in value? No. Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, can they go up? Absolutely. You know, in the next couple of months, I, I don't see a scenario where that's even possible. Drake London gets a real quarterback. No, no knock on Desmond Ritter, but that's just not it. You know, or that 105 ends up being JSN in the right situation. Mung, you love London, you know, and this is the same kind of thing. And I, I was so happy when I drafted him. I texted you. I was like, yo, I got me so, my first Drake London share. But you're sitting there, Drake London 105. And Saquon, and that's like literally tugging at your heartstring from every single direction because those are your boys right there. What would you do in there? Well, to be perfectly frank, I have Barkley right next to McCaffrey, so much, much higher. Much higher. Um, for me, I, th- I think I'm still taking London over the 105, uh, but I-, I can see an argument for the 105 just because we know that rookie fever is going to grow, right? Again, mm-hmm. barring you know the Falcons somehow trading for Lamar Jackson or getting a huge quarterback upgrade i could see if jackson smith najigba or jameer gibbs goes to a great landing spot you know you could probably get london plus Mm -hmm. uh, for the 105 in a couple months depending on the league so again we always talk about this right understanding your league mates do they buy into rookie hype Um, are they down on drake london just because he had a disappointing rookie season with no quarterback help Um, so these are all factors that come into play personally I, i lean london slightly and I, I like that you, you're sticking, you know, Barkley right now. And I think the whole third round I'm sitting there and he is, he belongs in that same area as Kenneth Walker and Christian McCaffrey. I have them in that similar tier and you just keep falling back and back in that third round. So to your point, like Saquon Barkley's become a nice value and I'm not quite sure why he keeps moving back after the year that he had, but great point there. Then we start to move into the fourth and you got ETN and Alave. They keep, I, I'm seeing them late third. Olave went 306 in Smash 8, so he's moving up. Metcalf, Devonta Smith, Diggs, Cup, Devonte Adams. I mean, there's some great, that that fringe wide receiver one value in that fourth round. Then we get to the 106, and the 106 is, is sandwiched in, in between a couple of running backs. And this one, I think, is our easiest out of the group, but it's, it's Javante Williams, Josh Jacobs of the 106. Mike, we've been talking about it all the time. I mean, this is an area where Gibbs, Richardson, JSN, somebody's going to be in that area at the 106. And, and Jacobs, we saw just got the franchise tag. So is it going to be Jacobs, Javante, or the 106 for you? It's it's pretty easily the 106 for me. Um, when I'm at, at that spot where I'm choosing a rookie pick, 
you know, close to a, a running back, I'm probably always going to go rookie pick. Um, yeah. Because and as we talk about in that same area, I mean, like how yeah. how far up would you go? I mean, I'm taking the 106 over Cup. Austin Eckler is the next one. You going 106 or Eckler? I would go Eckler. That one's six. close. I think his game. How about Diggs? Yeah, it's, it's close, but I think his. I would take. I would take Diggs. Um, yeah, that's, that's right. This becomes a tricky know, team, situation. Team that 106, because I feel like has some real chance to move up in value here. I would probably take the 106 over Diggs, but that's that's very close and that's team build dependent for me because they're so so close right now. Yeah, and I think but this Diggs is, where, is like, definitely... why we want to talk about this is because like this whole round, I mean, you look at the 106 is Jacobs Cup. Eckler, Diggs, Devonta, DK Metcalf. I mean, that's a similar type area. That's where it belongs. It's going to keep moving up. Um, Mung, if you're in that area, you know, you got to decide between, let's say, Cup, Diggs, and the 106. I mean, where where are you going? It's, it's a similar type thing of if they're close like this, we just keep leaning the rookie. Yeah, for sure. And especially in this case, I would lean the 106 um, over these older wide receivers because they are nearing that cliff where even if the production stays, they're just never going to be worth, you know, a first in a few months down the line, right? Mm-hmm. And even if they tweak their ankle or something uh, for a short-term injury, their value will absolutely plummet um, in a week or two. So for me, it's the 106 over those veteran wide receivers. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I haven't looked too much at actual startup boards because I haven't done any in a while. But looking at this board, <laughs> I would look to trade up from rounds four through six into the first three rounds. Yep. Um, while also trading down. So if I can pack, you know, my yep. fourth, fifth round startup pick for a third and seventh, I, I would glad, gladly do that because, I mean, I think Javante Williams is closer to 206 than 106. It's crazy to me that he's still being valued as a mid-first. And he um, went in around the 1-9 in our other one. And I'm glad you said that because we're doing the startup strategy, and I know Zoltan's really going to talk about one-year punts. My biggest thing and the thing that I'm taking away that I've, I've been saying to everybody is it's a move up and then it's a move down. Because then once you get into, like, say, round 6, round 6 through 9, there's not a huge difference between, like, round 6 you're taking George Pickens and round 9 you're taking Brandon Ayuk. Or round 8 you're taking Brandon Ayuk. I mean, there's not a huge difference in value. And as I'm, like, looking at where these rookie picks are, and that's why we wanted to talk about it, there's a huge gap between where we start to take guys and then where where they're going to end up being. So I think there's a huge area to make make up value in there, and I absolutely love that take because the next one we have is 107, and it's sandwiched right there in the area between Traylon Burks, who I value, you know, maybe 108, and TJ Hawkinson. So, nerd boy, I mean, I, I got sniped on Burks again. I was just, ah, I thought I was going to get him. Burks we have as a, as a breakout guy. Now we got to talk about 107. I mean, 107 where right now we're looking at the four quarterbacks are gone. JSN's gone. Gibbs is gone. So then it's going to be, you know, that running back that gets that dream landing spot. It's going to be, you know, Quinton Johnson or a guy that's going to be, or Jordan Addison, depending on where they go. This is a tricky situation or Will Levis, depending on what you need for your, your team. So is it Burks? Is it Hawkinson or is it the 107? I would go 107. Hawk is pretty close to me. He's actually closer to the 107 than Burks is right now. I have Burks in one range. Um, yep. I have Addison possibly going to the Giants. 
which I think would be a smash spot for him. Um, and I love everyone is down on him on Twitter. We talked about it in the Discord chat. We didn't think he was going to run like 4-3. He ran a 4-5-5, the second time a 4-4-9. Same area as guys like, you know, uh, better than what Cooper Cup was, DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans. Don't get caught up on the fact that he didn't run a 4-4 and start moving Jordan Addison back. I know we're way too early in the process for rookie drafts, but I mean, I would not be, he's still going to get round one draft capital. And I think that's a great, great player in that area. And I'm with you. Like, that's why I did those, those exercises where we're doing rankings. I have Burks firmly in that 109 area or 108 area. And I think, you know, if you can get a pick in the 107 right in front of him, I think that gives you a little bit more value when it comes rookie day. Yeah, absolutely. Addison for, for one, isn't a burner either. You know, he's more of a, you know, footwork, root tree, you know, kind of guy where he's, that's not his thing. And he's, he's got many other talents besides his speed. So um, I wouldn't let that, you know, deter you from, from being on that guy at all. Let's look at the 108 spot in this, this area. Mung, we talk about, running backs, you know, being a risk, potentially getting extra, extra capital. And this is the area where now DeAndre Swift in our draft in smash eight just kept falling and falling because people are, are avoiding, and that could be a major value, but DeAndre Swift, Ramondre Stevenson, Najee Harris, and the one Oh eight all go in that same area. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I would lean the rookie pick just because I think that's going to gain value. Um, I also think, you know, guys like Swift, Pollard, uh, Stevenson, these are guys who are all going to be the lead backs, but in committees, right? Um, so you are going to get those those big weeks from them where they go off for two two touchdowns, um, but they might have some quiet weeks here and there as well. And really, again, this is the range that I'm still looking to trade down out of because when you look at even some of the players that went higher than this range, right? I mean, how much of a difference in production is there really between Dak Prescott and Daniel Jones, who's going a little bit behind the 108, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you look at guys like DJ Moore who are going in this range, and you can get probably similar production, I think, from Jacoby Myers, guys like that for you know mid-seconds who are going way later. So again, this entire range, I, I would continually look to trade back from because I think the hype or the name value on some of these players uh, far exceeds the gap in value to the next tier or even two tiers down at some of these positions. Especially at the running back position because you can move back to rounds nine and get guys like, you know, I mean, Derrick Henry's going in the eighth, Aaron Jones is going in the ninth and use those more of a rental and move up for those guys that, you know, like like a Drake London, like a Chris Olave, are going to have a much longer career. Mike, the biggest thing that I'm doing, and when I'm doing my startups, like I'm literally looking at my rankings and I'm like, wait a second, I have DeAndre Swift, Javante Williams, Najee Harris all over Ramondre Stevenson. And then I go to draft and I'm like, I want Stevenson. Like, I, I'm like, I felt the most comfortable about his situation with the new off coordinator, him getting, you know, 60 plus receptions last year. I ended up drafting him and then flipping him for, you know, a, a second round pick plus a guy a couple picks later. And I'm really questioning myself after we get past ETN and I think Gibbs is going to be in that area, Eckler and Jacobs. And then it's Javante Swift and Najee and Ramondre, and I'm having a hard time not moving Ramondre above them. And call me crazy. No, I can't call you crazy for that. I mean, I definitely wouldn't put Rom over Najee right now, um, but I could probably put him over Swift pretty easily, given the fact that Swift has no trust in that offense and um, he's been injured 
quite a bit. You know, mm-hmm. I, we don't know what a full season of Swift really looks like. Um, you know, so I think, and maybe we never Rom, will, you know, that's, that's the crazy thing is you look at way he played last year. He had four games that were top five running backs. And then he had five games that were absolute busts where you couldn't trust him at all. So it's like, we, we see those flashes of him where Ramondre Stevenson was a rock solid RB one to high end RB two every week. Javante's got that injury history, which, you know, we're, we're hoping there. And I think Najee really finished the season well. So if you, if you have guys in the same tier, and you, and you and I talk about it all the time, let's move back to the back of that tier and add a little bit of value. And even if it's just a 24-2-3 swap to move back eight picks and, and try to get into that area and start to, to play with those tiers, there's so much strategy goes in there. And I think, you know, even Mung said in that 108 area, you got Daniel Jones who could go there. There's so many different avenues we could go let's talk about the 109 because this is where we start to get guys like you know Kittle and Goddard go and Chubb goes Jerry Judy really keeps moving up there Chris Godwin 109 was taken after all of those so Judy Godwin Chubb Goddard Kittle we'll start with you Mike who are you taking in that area because I think we're you know trying to put names in there the 109 at this point we're probably looking at at one of the running backs you know in that area um who are you taking here so it's Judy Godwin, Judy Godwin, Chubb, Goddard, and Kittle. Yeah, I would I would take Judy actually. Um, it's coin flip between Judy and the one nine, um, but I'm always going to take the running back over the. Um, I'm sorry, I'm always going to take the wide receiver over the running mm-hmm. backs when it when it's that close as far as value. Like I said before, um, I would take Judy. Not I'm not comfortably doing, though. Doing, it, it's I know right. It's close. It, it, the tricky part is, so we get into this area, and I'm, I, I mean, we both love Judy, and we're working our way up. Watson, Debo, Michael Pittman, and Jamison Williams all go above him. I could argue with some of those. I mean, I think I could move Judy into that area, but you don't have to. Like, he has not, outside the Smash Accept community, like, the Jerry Judy hype hasn't hit yet. You know, and I think he goes earlier in, in some of our drafts. Like, he, right now he's going in that same area as Godwin, but I would no no problem taking a round earlier with Jamison Williams and Michael Pittman um, in my, my estimation. And I don't know where you're at with that, but, like, I'm starting to move him up. Like, today I challenged myself. I was on the clock to pick between Debo and, and Judy or Christian Watson and Judy. I'm taking Judy just for the the age and the upside in that area. I would I would agree with that with Judy, and then it's also a testament to how deep this rookie draft is, where the 109 and the 202 have a giant difference as far as value goes. You know, there's Thank not you. a teardrop after. Yeah. after Someone that. yelled at me today for that. I said, "Hey, dude, we talk about the smash zone in here all the time. It's 10, 110 to 204. I had the 202, and I tried to move up to 109. The guy goes, bro." You talk about it too much. Like, that's where you want to be. That's that's that spot. And th- this draft has been so much fun because they're doing that all the time. They're, like, giving me dad quotes and about insulated trades and about wearing to move and trying to take all my guys. And I'm like, all right, it means we've been doing the right thing on Smash or Pass and Smash Accept. So I love that. Mung, we get into that 110 area. You, you spoke about, you know, DJ Moore as well. But I feel like, again, the 110 area is DJ Moore, Jared Goff, Pat Fryermuth, George Pickens, Kenny Pickett. You know, in that area, I'm I'm still smashing the 110. Like I keep going through here, and it feels like the 110 is that area for me here. Yeah, and this is why I was saying I want to either trade up into the top few rounds for quarterback or just hold off, right? Yeah. Because I just don't see any of the guys going in this range: a Goff, Pickett, 
Jones, um, maybe Gino and Carr move up a little yep, bit. They did. Uh, but I mean, these guys aren't true different difference makers in fantasy. I don't think. Um, maybe Russell Wilson if he regains form, but there's also a lot of risk associated there as well. Mm-hmm. And this is just where I, I don't know that there's going to be a huge difference between a, a Derek Carr or a Mac Jones or you know Kyle Trask, who's going way later, who the, the Bucks seem to be set on as their starter heading into next season. Um, you know, not a whole lot of rushing upside from these guys. So uh, again, I, I think. I just keep trading down in this range. Mm-hmm. And for me, that means the asset that is most likely to gain value, barring some crazy move in free agency, um, is still, you know, the one nine, one ten in this range. And this is my second startup this offseason, and that's what I find is after one oh nine, I feel like I'm picking up one ten to two oh two at a discount. In Smash Eight, I have all of them. You know, like that's where I'm moving into that area and I have no problem because when you talk to me in the offseason, I mean, like, do I want Jared Goff for the 110? I mean, Jared Goff isn't worth that area to me in this particular draft. If you were talking about it last year, he wasn't. And now we're kind of stretching it. Uh, Nerd Boy, when we're drafting, like, I am trying hard to move into those top two rounds for these quarterbacks. Because after you get past Tua, Trey Lance... There's not a quarterback goes for like four rounds until you get into that Cousins, Daniel Jones, who I think are are slightly above. And then, like we said, Mung's giant area of your your Kenny Pickett's, Jared Goff, Russell Wilson, Mac Jones, Geno, Carr. They're all just like lumped in there. If you can get two of these quarterbacks, even if your second quarterback is Tua or Lance, I feel like it's the way to go, even if you've got to move up. And in, in Smash 8, I ended up getting, you know, I used my 24 first and the 212 to move up to 108 in the idea of that I was going to get two quarterbacks. And then Jamar Chase fell and I was like, I fell into the trap. Like, I got to have Jamar Chase and got Chase and Fields. But I think my build might feel a little bit sexier if it was maybe Fields and, you know, Kyler Murray or Fields and, and Deshaun Watson, you know. And I think if you can get two stud quarterbacks in your startups, they're never going to be cheaper. Yeah, I'm always preaching about the price of quarterbacks in startups where, you know, you can get them at half the price of, of what they're going to cost. Uh, so I would I agree with what Mung said, where I might wait, um, where there's a Daniel Jones in the sixth, seventh round. Um, I don't think he's going to stay there that much longer, given that contract that he just got. Um, but he is a great target. Because I don't see a giant gap between him or, uh, like he said, Dak or Tua for that matter. You know, I don't know. Tua is kind of a wide range of, of ADP where he's going right now. Um, but I agree. You could you could definitely trade up, but I wouldn't break the bank to do that, you know, where, yeah. you know, I can build, I can build up my wide receivers in those towns and then wait until the sixth or seventh and then grab a, a Kirk or Daniel Jones and, and feel pretty decent about that. that I'm going to get production elsewhere to, to match up and, make up for that loss of two elite quarterbacks. And and I'm on board with both of you. I think if we're if we're not getting those two elite quarterbacks, that's why it's so important to draft your rookie picks instead of reaching on a guy because when we get to that area, who knows who falls and they're fluid areas that everybody wants, right? Like not everybody wants Jared Goff on their team. Everybody wants that 110 when you get to that area in your rookie draft and you can play around with it. And I know so many people they're like, "Yo dad, I I don't know where to go. I have like six rookie picks and my roster isn't full. 
it's March, man. Like you don't need to have a roster in March. You just need to have value and assets. And I think people look at that when they're talking about their draft picks. They're like, oh, look at your team. It's trash. Dude, it's it's March. Like we are going to add value by moving around in the draft. You know someone's going to get excited and, and pay you know, Chris Godwin for the 202 because they get rookie hype and fall in love with someone. You know, they're going to overpay and they're going to be able to move into those areas. So you can buy your quarterback in this after the startup. Just don't reach on a guy just because those rookie picks are there. And I think so many people just say that. They're like, oh man, you know what? I know what Chris Godwin can do. I'm going to take Chris Godwin over the 109. Or I know I saw a little bit of George Pickens. I'm going to take him over the 110 or 110, not the 110. But we're looking at that and it's like those picks, if you're close, this time of year, it's always the picks. And the next set falls a little bit. So the 111, 112 go in that late seventh round. And, and the seventh round, you're looking at you know Brandon Ayuk, Derrick Henry, Mac Jones, Joe Mixon, J.K. Dobbins, Terry McLaurin, Hollywood Brown, then the 111 and 112. Is there a single guy that I just mentioned, Mung? And I know, I'm, I'm t- I, like I said, Hollywood Brown and both you guys, you know, your eyes lit up a little bit. But the 111 and 112, is there a single guy out of that group that you would take over these picks. Yeah, I mean, I won't get too sidetracked because I've talked about my feelings about Marquise Brown uh, on past shows, but I think he belongs in that Debo Samuel range, much, much higher, multiple rounds higher in startups. Um, So I think he's clearly, you know, way above the 111, 112. Um, Other than that, again, like the Mac Jones of the world, right? I, I think he's better than what we saw of him with Matt Patricia as the offensive coordinator. I actually think, you know, Mac Jones will bounce back a little bit with Bill O'Brien. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, in fantasy, I just don't know that any of these quarterbacks in this range are going to be particularly, you know, distinguishing themselves from the next tier. And again, you have a lot of running backs who just are kind of there, right? People see it and, and running back is always an issue, especially in redraft. But even in dynasty mindset, people are like, well, who's my RB2? Mm-hmm. Right. And I think none of these guys really have secure jobs or are going to be those true difference makers. You know, right. the, the, we'll see about Derrick Henry. I've been wrong on him before. You know, he's proved me wrong multiple it's, years. It's got to but... be wrong. It's, he's got to <laughs> prove you wrong. Right. At one point, you know what I mean? Like we, we keep saying this every time this year and he's the guy that, that, you know, like if he hits this year, yeah, you get a great, you know, 29 year old running back. Who's the top five to 10 RB for sure. And, I think the tr- the one that really sticks out to me here among is given the situation, everything that's been going on with Joe Mixon, he's moved back up that board. And J.K. Dobbins, you know, there, there's a lot of hype there. I mean, this is where you, again, you either move back. But, I mean, if you look at the rookie picks, the 111, 112, same question with you, Nerd Boy. Is there anybody there that you're like, dude, I'm pounding the table. I want this guy over these players. Because 111, 112 is where you're going to start to see – if Zach Evans or Charbonnet or one of these other running backs move into a situation and I'm avoiding the running back position as much as I can outside of maybe six to seven guys, I'm moving back because there's going to be competition coming. I think I would maybe entertain one of those quarterbacks at that spot. Um, You know, as far as Mac Jones goes or, you know, it, Depending on what my roster looks like, and, and you know, there's a huge drop off after Mac Jones and and um, Goff. You know, you, you're looking at Jimmy G and um, those guys that don't really necessarily have a sure job. I'm sure he will land somewhere, but at this mm-hmm. moment, you know, at least Mac has that that security where you know he's going to actually start day one. Um, 
And that's but, that position where you're like, you, I feel like most people when they finish their startups, if they don't have that QB two or QB three, I feel like that's the position that they panic the most. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to start reaching for, for guys that maybe are going a little earlier than they should. Um, you know, like the, the Genos and the cars and, um, you know, there's not a high ceiling there. Um, Gino actually might have the highest ceiling of those guys, but um, you know, they're, they're going to pass up on the 109, 110, um, which what, what you said was, you know, it could be Charbonnet, it could be Evans. Um, you know, there's a chain there as well. There's just so many great running backs that could land in smash spots that I would have a hard time just passing up on. Um, but you know, yeah, they, there's going to be I seven would... of them out there that that throw off the landscape. You know, there's going to be seven guys with wherever they get drafted, no matter what area they go to, they're going to affect who you draft as a running back. You know, and I think that's that's the only part that's a, a hang up for me in that area. Now is when we get tricky, right? Because I feel like there's a mental perception among where like, okay, we just drafted the 112, and in most drafts, the 201 is spaced out for a while, you know, and then we're like, Oh, well, this is a second round pick. And in this year at the two Oh one, you're getting a guy who's equivalent to maybe one Oh seven, one Oh eight last year. You're looking at Calvin Ridley, Rashad Bateman, Deontay Johnson, Rashad white in the two Oh one. Yeah. And I think, I mean, one outlier here for me is Calvin Ridley. Um, I I think that's way too early for him. I understand that it wasn't like a major injury for missing time, but at the same time, you know, a year off from football, more than that, um, is still worrisome. I mean, we saw with Deshaun Watson, there's definitely rust to be shaken off. And, you know, with wide receivers, they play a much more explosive, uh, you know, position where they have to make those cuts and, and where any, any sort of, you know, non um, conditioning, if they're not fully ready, that can lead to injuries or just not uh, being pr- as productive as they previously were. I believe he's like 28 or 29 too. He's a little older than I know. The hype is like time I looked the time to buy Calvin Ridley was six months ago. Now he's valued almost around higher than Christian Kirk who just balled out, you know, and it's like, we don't know the situation that we're assuming that Calvin Ridley is going to come in and become the wide receiver one after a full year off and Calvin and, and Christian Kirk had a full year with Trey Lance as like the apple of his eye. Like I don't see it being that drastic to put him into that area. And I, I mean, who would you, so you're leaning 201 there for sure, correct? No, well, no. So a couple wide receivers that I'm looking at in this range, Rashad Bateman, Jahan Dotson, I think those guys belong in first round valuations or at least, you know, above the 201, uh, above any of the wide receivers, you know, not named Smith and Jake Ben this class for me. I, I think I like them quite a bit more. So I, I think those guys I would take over the 201, definitely the 201 though over guys like, you know, looking at Rashad White and Alvin Kamara in that range, I think those guys should be way further down the list than the early second. Again, I think that's where some dynasty GMs are reaching to, to start filling those roster spots rather than just drafting for value. Yeah, and I'm Mike, I messaged you right before I was I was at the 202, which, you know, almost goes a full round later, but those guys were falling there. I had the choice between Rashad White, or yeah, Rashad White, Rashad Bateman, and the 201, and I really want to buy into Rashad White, right? He's bought, he's gone from 214 to 220. He's saying all the right things. He wants to be the feature back. Dude can catch. I mean, if if they don't bring in someone elite, like if they bring in Tank Bigsby to kind of do some of that goal line work and we have a guy that can catch 
60, 70 balls. I think he, he does well here, but like there is rumor that it's, you know, B. John Robinson to the Bucks. I've heard a little bit of rumor. So, you know, there is that opportunity where he's going to get Michael Carter, if, if you will, you know, where we're like, hey, I like Michael Carter. I love this situation. And then boom, Brees Hall comes in and Michael Carter goes from what? Fringe. He was a fringe first round pick in that offseason last year. Now, all of a sudden, now you can get him for a third. I like Rashad to a degree, but he um, was very inefficient last year. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't necessarily think that I would take him over any of these these rookie running backs that are going to fall in the early second. Or, mm-hmm. um, like I said, the one on to the two hundred two is pretty much the same pick to me. Um, all these guys are in the same tier, so that I I can't I can't even you know put. Bateman over the 202 at this point in time. I think we were texting earlier I, today about I, that. I had him at 203, and, and that's where I felt like if I have it where I'm debating, and I know, Mung, you're a little bit higher. I had Dotson equivalent to the 201. I had Bateman equivalent to the 203 to 205 range. And I'm like, if I can get the pick, I feel like it's going to be a little bit more advantageous because who knows what goes on there. Um, for for time's sake now, we're just going to go a little bit more rapid fire of this player or this pick. So, I mean, we're looking at draft picks right now. Let's go to the 203, Amari Cooper, Aaron Jones, Mung. Uh I would rank them Amari Cooper, then 203, then Aaron Jones. And Aaron Jones feels like a pretty good value if you've if you've passed up on the running back position. I mean, you're telling me Aaron Jones goes three rounds later than Joe Mixon? I'm on board for that. You know, like that that seems like he was not Joe Mixon was inefficient where Aaron Jones was efficient last year. So I know it's a little bit more of a timeshare. Uh Nerd Boy, Hopkins 204 or Miles Sanders? I would probably take Hopkins over the 204, and then I would take the 204 over, my, over Miles Sanders. So, um, yeah, right in the middle there. And if, if we're at this point, and you 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 have to understand your direction, and I see so many you know so many guys draft, and they have no direction. It's like, well, that guy's worth more than this guy. This, I mean, if you're trying to build to win, 100% Hopkins. If you're trying to build to move back. Yes, it's 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 a two hundred four. So at this point, we're just kind of giving you snapshots, but it does change. This is an interesting one here among two hundred five Stafford or Khalil Herbert. Yeah, I would go with Khalil Herbert. Um, I don't know if all of you checked out Matthew Barry's latest article on the combine rumors he heard when he was in Indy, but it sounds like the Bears are going to let Montgomery walk. Um, so potentially the number one running back there, and also. Still some concerns about Stafford's neck and, and health, it sounds like. So I, I've moved him way down um, in my dynasty ranking. So I would go Herbert, then the 205, then Stafford. And, I mean, I'm, I've, I was loving Herbert last year. If, if they draft somebody – dude, Khalil Herbert's kind of like Rashad White, right? Like we're in this area. If they don't take someone, boom, you just won. If they do take someone, it's like an instant loss. And I, I think he's, he's in that same area. 206, Keenan Allen or Greg Dolchich? And we're with you, nerd boy. Yeah, I would say the 206 over both of them. Um, we're looking at a pretty deep tight end class, you know, mm-hmm. where Kincaid. Oh, you're and, getting Kincaid and, for uh, sure there, or Meyer. Yeah, I mean, Kincaid, I love Kincaid. So, I mean, if I can get Kincaid over over Dolch, I'd do that all day. Um, you know, I think he's yeah. going to have some good DC. Um, that's, you know, great value at the, at the mid-second right there for me. Love it. Love it. And if you guys are doing this, just make sure we're, we're looking at it back and forth. I mean, is Kincaid, has he moved up to your tight end one the way Mayer showed up at the, at the combine? 
Yeah, he was already yeah. getting pretty close. I had them as 1A, 1B, and I think I have to move Kincaid up there. Um, I want to see his, his pro and I want to see him, you know, fully healthy. But he is uh, a freak, and um, he's got the, the athletic ability to to be a one day, a day one starter and, and producer in fantasy yes. for sure. Absolutely. I'm going to take the 207 because it's Brian Robinson, Isaiah Pacheco, and Elijah Moore. And I'm like, take the 207. I've been literally trying to say, get a second round pick for Pacheco, for Brian Robinson. I feel like, again, similar situation as Herbert. You're safer with that mid area. Mung, 208, Cortland Sutton or Tyler Lockett? And I feel like if we're trading, I don't think you can get the 208 for either at this point. But if you're on the clock, it's a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, I, I still would take Sutton here, whether he's in Denver or elsewhere. I, I do think he's a big play machine. Um, he can get those touchdowns. He has the big body for that. So I, I still like him quite a bit more than the 208. Um, Lockett is interesting because, again, it depends on what Seattle does at quarterback and wide receiver uh, in the draft. Um, but I, I think that's about right for Lockett. If you are contending, I do think he, he's sneaky value in terms of a steady producer, you know, who is much older and not valued that highly. The next one, I mean, Jacoby Meyer in 209. I think we've all kind of been on that Jacoby Meyer, you know, bandwagon where that's going to be a good value. The next one's kind of interesting. So we get 210, Purdy, or Donovan Peoples-Jones. We'll go with you on that one. That's about where I have – That's yeah, that's about where I have Purdy. Um, I think I would probably roll the dice on Purdy. Um, just in case, you know, he's a, a you know, we, he showed what he can do. He showed his ability. And then, you know, he's at worst, a, you know, a backup quarterback that could probably, you know, hit you with some spot starts if, if need be. We got Tannehill, 211 or Sky Moore for you, Mo. Yeah, I w- I'll go with Tannehill here. Um, it sounds nice like value. he's still the starter in Tennessee heading into 2023 for right now. Uh, Malik Willis certainly didn't show a whole lot as a passer. So uh, I do think I do think Tannehill is a sneaky value here. So I want to talk about round 14 down. So round 14 through maybe 19, you're looking at these guys in, in, a, in looking at rookie picks, in looking at value, they are worth a third round pick. And what I keep seeing in startups is people be like, I'm going to give you the 13th and an eighth to move you up to the sixth. Guys, don't fall for that. That is a third round rookie pick value. You know, like, yes, we want to build depth. We want to build out there. But I mean, if I'm giving you a third round pick to move from, let's say, you know, in this particular situation, to move from David and Joku to Pat Fryermuth, you lost hard. Like you 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 ended up losing out, you know, or if you move those areas, and I see it all the time where like we gotta start looking at rounds six or rounds right now we're looking at rounds eight through 12 those guys are worth roughly second round picks from 201 to 212 then you start looking at that rounds you know 14 down those are third round picks guys these are you know i like to to take the players in these areas but mike talk to me a little about you've been doing a lot of drafts a lot of people have different philosophies when it comes to these these rounds 14 through 18 yeah i I am looking at, you know, um, value that's going to increase in time, or I'm just trying to, um, you know, value as far as um, where these picks are um, to the player, you know, um, 
it's kind of depends on what's going on in the draft. You know, um, I do try to move my later picks um, as kind of bait to get into the earlier rounds, you know, mm-hmm. where I'm, I'm doing similar things where I'm moving back and forward with those picks. Um, I try to have all of my picks in the earlier rounds as far as, you know, my big players and, and everything like that. Um, so if I can use the later rounds as far as, you know, additions to trades and, and, um, but there is some good value and um, it, it's, more about price before you have to lock and you have to look at certain startups to really see where that value is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to jump into a random startup and just, you know, know who's going to be in the 14th, the 15th, the 16th round. Um, right. That comes with some practice and absolutely you got to do some research before you do that. And you guys have posted that in the discord. That's another, you know, little shout out to you guys can join in on the Patreon, hit up on the discord, get a, access to us among the last thing I want to end with is, the difference in moving up early versus moving up back late. You know, a lot of times people are like, well, I'm going to move you up from the eighth to the seventh, but I'm going to move you back from the 13th to the 14th. Talk to me about the discrepancy of how much it costs, because I'm looking at this board and I'm like, dude, if I have to move, like I would love to just move from 14 to 18, give somebody the, the idea that they're getting a crazy value. But when you look at Ricky rookie picks, that's no different from 301 to 305. Yeah. And the best advice that I can give there is look at ADP, right? Find a, a trustworthy source of startup ADP and basically just throw in player names or pick values instead of looking at it in terms of the startup pick, right? Mm-hmm. You know, are you, would you trade the 201 plus Tua to get Dak Prescott? Right. If you're looking at moving up a few spots early on and they want your, you know, 10th round rookie or a startup pick or whatever it is they're asking for. Right. Try and put those player names in there with a sense of who you can get at that startup pick to make it, you know, to, un- to really look at whether or not it's worth it to you to potentially lose that player in that in that place of the startup draft later on to move up a few spots or move down to spots. Right is picking up a guy like Brandon Cooks or Tyler Lockett, you know, worth losing out uh, on an early round, you know, Kenneth Walker moving back down all the way to, you know, like a Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, an older running back, right? So ask yourselves those kind of questions by placing player names into those, you know, evaluations. I love it. Nerdboy, give us one more nugget here about drafts, you know, and what you've been seeing, what, you know, something that you think is going to help out. And guys, I mean, this has been a fun one, like always talking startups and talking strategy and looking at players versus picks, I think it is a great exercise this time of year. Yeah, I think, you know, startup, you probably should just get in there and start sending, you know, base trades to everyone in your, in your startup, you know, try to figure out um, who's active, who's not active and, and try to gain, you know, that knowledge of, you know, who likes to move around early on in that startup so that you can, you know, pretty much get their value right away. And you figure out by their counters and the way that they're they're talking to you and um, you find out that you have a trade partner early on and then kind of make a lot of moves um, later if you are trying to move around the board a little bit. Um, I love to do that where I'm, you know, introducing myself to the to everyone in the group and then I'm just talking talking trades with them and I figure out where they where they like to be in in the board and um, it's a pretty easy way to to gain good value as you go and 
we're definitely going to do a trade etiquette pod, but I mean, it's a matter of like, I do, I do the same thing. We've made 45 trades in, in smash eight already through rounds. We're in round nine, you know, I've made 15, but it's a matter of, Hey, what do you need here? Let's talk about this. It's not, and there's nothing can kill a trade more than, than ripping the guy for sending you an offer. You don't like, you know, just start talking it through and just be like, Hey, this doesn't quite work. Um, but guys, thanks again for tuning in and enjoy the process. Hey, that was fun. That was a good one.